Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. I am uh, so excited tonight to have uh, my guest on. Um, not only is uh, she very special to me, um, but she is a integral part of helping change um, Indiana law. Um, let's just talk a little bit about her. I'm going to brag on her a little bit. Um, Marcy, a little bit about her story first, is a birth mom in reunion since 2008. She's a member of CUB, which is Concerned United Birth Parents. She's part of the American Adoption Congress, and she currently serves as vice president and treasurer of HERE, um, which is Hoosiers for Equal Access to Records. And she's also vice president um, and treasurer of Indiana Adoption Network. Um, she's held numerous board positions in her community, such as treasurer of Kiwanis International, United Way, Chamber of Commerce, and Habitat for Humanity. Her personal story has been covered by the media, TV, radio, as well as the cover story for Southern Indiana Living Magazine. She's the author of a soon-to-be-released memoir, The Shoebox Effect. Welcome, Marcy. Thank you. Glad to, glad to be here. I'm so glad to have you on. I've been wanting to have you on the show forever now. You, we always talk about what's going to be on. Now you're actually on here. Um, I kind of wanted to start off. I know, um, I know a lot about your story. Obviously, we know each other, but I would love, especially for you know, not not only moms out there, but for adoptees, um, to just kind of tell them a little bit about you know how this this started. You know, and a lot of reunions start out the same. But from a from a mom's point of view, I thought maybe you could, you know, tell us a little bit how yours started. Sure, I'd be happy to. I think mine has a little unique twist at the very beginning, and what started my journey was I accidentally found the father of my relinquished child in 2007. And uh, several months later, we married, and together we went on a search to find our daughter. And I think the finding Roger gave me the strength and the validation to raise my head up and even uh, ask the questions because my mind was still trapped back in 1978 where I was told to forget, you know, pretend it had, uh, I had never had a baby and move on and go on with my life. So I had not injected myself in the adoption community. I uh, just pretty much stayed to myself. Uh, but right. in finding oh. him, it gave me the strength to move forward and to start to ask the questions and start to search. Right. Do you think um, most moms out there that, you know, have relinquished, do, I mean, I know we know a lot of moms that are very active, but, I mean, in that beginning stage, do you feel like that's a pretty common you know, process that, you know, unfortunately due to society, you know, and, and forcing that head down effect to kind of, you know, not be vocal about it. Do you think that's a, a pretty common, you know, thing? And then all of a sudden, like one day, there's something that kind of, you know, sparks that fire. Absolutely. And, and many of the moms that I've spoken to, stories are similar. And you're right. It just takes one event or something to trigger it uh, to give them the courage to move forward. Right, right. Um, you know, I know there are 
you know, random registries out there, and I know a lot of people get on them. They think that they're doing probably the best thing because what happens is a lot of times they don't realize that even though those are a great thing to do, that they aren't actually going to what is their state registry, and that state registry is the one that, you know, unfortunately or fortunately either way, you know, is the connection, and if they go to that and actually register on these state mutual consent registries, which we know doesn't really work, but if we can start everybody out at that point, you know, um, I know that you had actually taken a, you know, a little look around, and, and you found something kind of interesting, didn't you? Yes, I did. Actually, again, um, I was so naive about this that, I mean, I can actually remember the day that I sat in front of my computer and just typed the word adoption search. I mean, I, I can just tell you the day and the time because I was that fearful of just putting those words in and seeing what was going to pop up. Um, right. But I moved through that, and, and when I did, I landed uh, on a website adoptiondatabase.org, mm-hmm. and I actually wrote, ended up writing um, an email, a letter there, as if I was writing it to my daughter, Jessie, and sort of, uh, you know, ex- explained the situation that I had found her father, and if she wanted to know the first chapter of, of her life, how to contact me. And right. the website that I was on just happened to be a search angel's, uh, website, and she read it and was so moved by it that she decided to pick up the information that I had left and started the search on her own. My daughter was registered, and again, I right. really didn't even know anything about registries at that point, so she right. made the match five hours on wow. Father's Day. Wow. Crazy. It was crazy. I think, I, I really think these um, events you know, I, I don't know, events, reunions, not only just that part, though, but all along, that these connections, that there are there are certain days and, and times and events that kind of click together and, you know, finding people on certain, you know, important days. I mean, you know, I found my my uh, brother, I found his, his birth mom on Mother's Day weekend. So I always, you know, I always wonder, are they meant to happen at these times? There, there's always these interesting dates and, you know, things that kind of click together. So, I, you know, for you guys to have five hours, you know, be the time frame, that's that's pretty much unheard of. I mean, it's getting more and more these days, I think, with DNA. I think that's a, that's a huge thing. I think if all of us had had that. In the beginning, that would have made probably a lot of difference, but still, to make that match in five hours is is amazing. Yes, it was. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, you know finding each other, and and kind of walk us through, for especially for moms, and you know, because you and I have talked about that feeling and. It, there's, there are these steps that we go through. I mean, we we literally, you know, can almost, you know, do them by a clock because we're very much the same in that aspect. They may come a little bit out of order, but we really are so similar when this reunion kind of, 
you know, opens up and and starts its its you know path. Um, tell me a little bit how it was for you and Jesse to kind of you know first meet and all of that. Sure, sure. Um, it started with a phone call, and after Joanne had given me the information and had confirmed that it definitely was Jesse, she was anticipating my call. So I I put the phone call on speaker with my husband Roger, her father. Um, and that was pretty surreal uh, to hear my daughter's voice for the very first time. Right. And um, through her tears and our tears, I mean, it, it was just, it was unbelievable. I mean, her first words to me were, and I'll, I can't forget it, Mama, is this really you? And, you know, I, I began to cry because I, I didn't feel like I deserved that title. You know, right. I felt that I committed this carnal sin and, you know, relinquishing her, and she called me mom. Right. So right, right off the bat, I, I I didn't know how to feel that there was this right. inst- instant connection between the two of us. I mean, I felt it through the phone. I mean, this instant bond, um, and it was just, it was it was fantastic. So uh, a week later, we flew her uh, from Florida. She was living in Florida at that time, we flew mm-hmm. her to our home in southern Indiana, and she spent a week with us. Um, and I, like I said, it was just, I didn't know what to expect. But seeing right. her, I wouldn't have been able to spot her anywhere in the airport. I mean, there was no denying right. she was our daughter. Right, right. I, I know, I've seen pictures there. <laughs> you, can't, you can't deny her. There's no, no. <laughs> there's no way to do that. No DNA needed to be done there. No, no. But isn't that the truth, though, that sometimes even in the meeting and the talking, that there really is this, and I think that's another thing we don't really talk about, you know, that somewhere in the back of our mind, if it's not done through DNA and we haven't done that match down that path, especially years ago, what were we to do? You know, what were there DNA tests, you know, needed? I mean, For everyone's, you know, not safety, but for the sureness of it, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, we we really don't, we have no way to really confirm that. I mean, if we do it through the the state registries, yes, of course. But, you know, that it's it's just a strange path that we have to go down. And there's these tiny little uncomfortable little paths that no one really hears about. You see the reunion, everybody hugging. You know, everybody crying, and then it cuts away, and then that's it. And nobody knows what to do with the after. You know, what? no one knows what that emotion is. And um, do you feel like when when Jesse met you, did you did she feel like there was this, you know, huge burden off of, you know, weight off of her shoulders, and the same with you? Definitely. There was um... – she, you know, she described it like many adoptees describe it as she could feel the hole in her heart start to start to close because she was getting the answers that she had waited, you know, years for, you know, and unbeknownst to me, you know, she had been looking for me well over 10 years and and I didn't know it, you know, I just made the assumption because I had never been found or received a call right. or a letter or an email that she wasn't looking and I respected that. And, you know, right. as upset as I was about it, but I accepted that. But that wasn't the case, and it was because of the 
you know, obviously the records being closed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a big surprise to me. Right. But, you know, that first evening, Pam, I mean, it, I have to describe it because she was so comfortable being with me. It was like, you know, she had been with me her entire life. And right. she, we sat on the sofa together, and she put her head in my lap, and there's my my new husband of only, you know, several months sitting at our feet, and there we are, the three of us. And all of a sudden, the room became suffocating because there were three other people in the room because all of a sudden she wasn't 29 years old. I was holding my baby. Right, right. My husband, my husband was not, you know... He was a young man, and there we were. And it was really, really emotional for all three of us that first evening. It's like a time warp almost. You know, everything kind of does this Mm -hmm. forward, backward type thing, you know. And I've heard many adoptees say, you know, they, they really have this. It isn't, I don't know that it's an infant necessary feeling, and again, not not all of us have the same, you know, path, but some of us in this beginning stage, you know, almost feel as if we want to go and and sit on our birth mother's lap, you know, or, or father. I mean, you know, especially now that we're doing DNA and finding, you know, the the birth father side first. I mean it's this it's this almost reverting back to an infancy stage. I don't know how else to describe it. And just being in in their presence and not not ever feeling like you have enough. And she kept saying to me, she would she would look at me and stroke my face, and she kept saying, "You are my mother, you are my mother." And again, right. I was just I took a a step back. I mean, she she couldn't get enough. Right. I couldn't get enough. Right, right. I think that's how we feel, though, and you know. Um, it's it's described. I mean, I again, I hate breaking it down so much, but I feel like, you know, anybody who's listening, you know, understands. Or if you're about to embark on this search and reunion, that there there is this this you know I don't even know a, a step thing to go through a step program that, and again, it's not necessarily in order. It's normal. It's perfectly normal. And when I, you know, when I did mine 27 years ago, 26 years ago, I didn't know that. No, no one had, no one had told me. I hadn't read, you know. I didn't know. Um, how do you feel like, you know, after that, you know, first, you know, honeymoon span of time, you know, what did it kind of finally feel like it settled into, or that middle stage, where did it kind of go from there? Well, when you're trying to blend. Um, your family after 30 years, you know, there, again, you're right. There was no rule book. There right. was no guideline for us at all. And we were just winging it day by day. Mm-hmm. And all kinds of feelings that uh, and emotions that surround that because, you know, her, her adoptive father had already passed away, but she was living with the adoptive mother. So mm-hmm. I was concerned about her feelings. I mean, how was she taking all of this? Um, and, and it was it was really difficult because, like I said, I couldn't get enough of her. I want I didn't want her to to, to go back to Florida. I wanted to get to know her, <clears throat> spend more time with her. 
and of course we made future plans uh, to get together and eventually she does come to live with us uh, for a year but right you know you're flying by the seat of your pants and and I think to all those adoptees out there and and moms you know I would like to say you know I went into this blind with no support and no guidance whatsoever and you know I, I, I caution anyone who's getting ready to embark uh, on their journey, that they surround themselves with those that have that have gone through it before, um, and we can help you avoid those those pitfalls, um, and sort of prepare yourself because you you know it's an, a, an incredible journey, but it is very bittersweet. Yeah, it is. It is because there's again, like we've been saying in every other sentence, no rule book no guide it's you know nor is there a guide when when you you know biologically have your children you know and you're raising them you know but for so long and all those years that passed by you weren't able to really talk about it and there really wasn't this ability to know that she was growing up she you know i mean obviously you know in the back of your head she is growing up. She's becoming, you know, maybe a wife, a mother, getting jobs, getting her driver's license, doing all those things that, you know, kids do. But then it's like just add water and boom, we're adults and here we are. And, you know, it's easy to to come in and out of these reunions. It's And I say it that way is not really a good thing. That ease is not what we really want. We want this somehow to be successful and we don't want people to feel like okay let's just throw in the towel this is not working you know so going into it and knowing that this is not going to be a lot different really in the sense of how you know it's a family and it takes work and that is the that's across the board what everyone I think needs to know if you are getting ready to do this this isn't the under the tree cry, hug, walk away. It's not, that's not it. If that's what you want, you know, of course, then, you know, people can do that. And and that's the, the, the good part, I guess, of everything is people can do that if that's what they'd like. I wanted the whole package. Like, I wanted everything. You know, I wanted, it's, yeah. It's different for every mom and every adoptee. And I think, you know, to your point, Pam, you're right. I mean, it's, it's, setting that expectation and, and taking it day by day, and it's difficult, um, but it's so it's so worth it. It is. It's so worth it. It is and really worth I it. Known, had I known how important this was to her, had I known that um, in her particular case, her adoption didn't go well, and she was denied a lot of things that I was promised, and particularly uh, the medical information was a big piece of what was denied to her that was actually pulled from the file when we compared notes um, with the adoptive mom. Um, So it caused her a lot of medical issues, a lot of grief, a lot of heartache. And had I known, I just just, was just heartbroken when I found out the truth. Right, right. I think that that's the case quite commonly. I, You know, we were, you know, and I know some people will disagree with this, but, you know, unfortunately, 
we were a commodity. Um, unfortunately, that's that's kind of how the some of these agencies thought of us. Now, again, it's not across the board that way. I mean, <clears throat> I'm sure there were some agencies that were, you know, better run, more, you know, consistent. But, again, the farther back we go in time, we know that the less education there was. So, you know, we yes. we were just this – they wanted to make sure that we were adopted. So anything that possibly could have put a red flag up to someone to not want to take this infant – a lot of times would be removed from a file. Now, again, that's not always true, but, you know, they wanted to make sure we, we got homes, and so that's how they chose to do it. And then removing the birth father and any facts. I know I know one with my brother. There were tons and tons of information that that his mother chose to, you know, pass on, and none of that was then transferred, you know, on with him at all. And, you you know, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about with Jesse. I mean, there were some pretty big things that got left off. Right, right. Yeah, there was a, uh, there is a history of, of seizures that run in our family, from my grandmother to myself um, and others. And, um, you know, I took a lot of time filling those medical forms out. I mean, you know, as a young girl, you really don't have a huge medical history, but I did ha- have some issues, and I did disclose all of that. And I took that very serious. So, you know, when you fast forward 30 years and you find out none of that got to the adoptive family, and then my daughter did end up having seizures and then suffers a stroke at 22, it it was pretty difficult for me to take. Right, right. It's infuriating, really. I mean, you know, you're wanting her to have the best care. You're making this decision, you know, to really – you know what what you think at the time is going to be this perfect home really right i mean we you know there's this thought that all the home studies and all of the information that's going to get passed on you know in your mind you're you're trying to ensure that the best environment possible and yeah. to find out that none of that's passed on is that has got to be you know just infuriating i think the clothes era it just allowed others to take advantage of 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 moms because in my particular case my own physician solicited me for adoption right I wasn't even adoption you know and he was the one that solicited the adoption he was the one that you know organized it you know and come to find out my daughter was basically sold to a couple he went to college with Right, right. And that was, you know, again, very difficult information to hear. Yeah, because it really, I mean, when mothers have sat down and we know adoption is always going to exist, um, you know, again, if, if we had concentrated more on giving these, you know, women, these moms this ability to, you know, financially somehow be able to do something or, you know, sat down and figured it out instead of saying, okay, well, that's not going to work, and, um, you know, this is what you need to do, and end of story, you know. Take out a home, you know, whatever. And, you know, I know there's there's tons of little sayings that go along that, you know, adoptees have, you know, kind of picked up on and that, that we know 
you know, are out there like, you know, well, you're so fortunate, you know, you're so lucky that you were adopted. And I don't know that any of us, whether it was good or bad circumstances, ever lived by that and said, you know, I'm lucky. I mean, I know my three I've raised, <laughs> you know, that they go, yeah, great, I'm lucky. I'm lucky that's my mom. I mean, no one, no no kid thinks that. And, yes, of course, as a mother relinquishing, you're wanting, you know, the best that you can you can get. And having no idea what life is going to be like, you're just having to make this almost blind choice. And it's just all of us have expectations we again it's life and we things change people get divorced and you know life isn't the same and and jesse had to experience a lot of that yes she did yes she did and you know the back to the physician um you know he kept calling it a gift he kept saying you're giving this family this amazing gift and Mm -hmm. i remember thinking to myself gifts when you give gifts freely they give you pleasure. Well, there was nothing pleasurable about this at all. And, you know, uh, it was more like a like a death to my soul. You know, right. that wasn't pleasurable at all. Right. So I right. never understood why they called the adoptee. This is this is a gift. You know, I had a hard right. time with that. He was the professional, and I was young, and I trusted him. So obviously, there had to be something wrong with me, or the way I was looking at it. And that's right. how I that's how I interpreted it. Right. What do you think? Does anything stand out to you? What what Jesse said, you know, or or felt, or you know, I know especially with you saying, you know, you're my you're my mother, and and the touching of your face. I mean, do you remember anything really? Anything else that kind of stood out that that you remember her expressing, you know, during this? Just the the fact that, again, yeah, she did want to be near me. I mean, she wanted to sleep with me that first night. You know, she was touching my hair and um, just asking me question after question after question. And we just let her do all the talking, you know, right. um, answered her questions. But she was, um, she, she was just, she just couldn't stop. She just couldn't, <laughs> she just couldn't get enough of us. I wonder if we, I mean, if you were to do things over, of course we know things now. I mean, you know, there's really no way to go back the way things were to even made, you know, there's no way. There's no, there's really no, no change, nothing. I mean, because it's really all, it's really all kind of undoable. And, and we can't say, well, let's fix this little part and that'll make it okay. I mean, really, it's it's this huge bundle of a mess. I mean, and parents weren't given tools, so adoptive parents brought home this this baby, you know, and there's no guide for them either, you know, and there's no way to tell them, you know, they have just suffered this loss. So all of you are coming at it with loss. Not only, you know, did the birth mom, you know, lose her infant, you know, the infant lost her mother, and the smells are different. Everything's different. This isn't what you know. And a whole this family that was lost a whole family. And you know I'm that sorry? that that brings up a thought too. Yeah. 
I remember the first time that Jessie met my father, her biological grandfather. And the day that I took her there, she colored a picture. And I thought how childlike that was and looked at her. And before I even could ask the question, she said, I know, you think this is silly, right? But, Mom, I never got to color him a picture. Right, right. Yeah, we, we miss out on all of that, you know. We miss out on those small details. Yeah, you know? and then you start talking about all the things that, the, that, the, that she missed. Right, right. You know, um, I'll have to say, hopefully I can say this without <laughs> crying, but, um, you know, I can remember when my um, mom's um, father passed away. And my sisters would, when they were little, they would give my grandpa, I guess, M&Ms, and they would pretend like they it was medicine, like, they, you know, they were trying to make him better. And, you know, like, just little pretend things they did with him. And so they actually gave him, when he passed away, they put M&Ms in his casket. And I don't have that. Now, of course I have wonderful memories with my grandparents that, that I was raised with. And I think we, regardless of, you know, whatever, you know, if you have that relationship with them, you have your own sweet little, you know, memories that you've kept. But we've also missed out on this set. So there's really no way to to blend this. I mean, we're trying so hard to be part of both, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can't, you know. It's just a... It's just an odd thing, and we, we're really just in a place that we don't fit in ever. We really, I mean, we try, and we're there, and we're a part of it, and we're a part of the other life, and yet it's still this thing. And I wonder, as a mom, do you kind of feel the same way? Do you feel like that that's how it is, you know, now that you've known Jesse and been there? Did you ever feel fully in there? Just this enormous loss that... You know, the deeper you get into reunion and the relationship, like I said, just like the the uh, the colored picture, that you realize the depth of the loss, and that it can never be fulfilled, that it can never fully get back uh, what you lost. But for me, the only thing, the only saving grace is just that you you have to find a way to heal and forgive one another, and accept what is. Right, that's, right. That's the only yeah. way. And, and I, I think that's hard yeah. to do. It's so hard yeah. to do. It's so yeah, hard it to is. We, yeah, we went into therapy, family therapy together, and then Jessie went into therapy uh, by herself. And, you know, there's a lot that comes out. Um, but, right. But, you know, when you get back to it, We've heard this before, the honeymoon period, the roller coaster ride. Right. But after but after <laughs> after the airport hugs are over and you get back into life and life settles down, where is the mom? Where is the adoptee in reunion? How do they move? How do they uh reconnect or in and build this this new relationship? Now, and it's, it's, it takes a lot of work. 
Right, right. Because, there again, no answers, no guidebook, no way to really know. I mean, we just, we. I mean, we're all kind of, and that's the other thing, too. And I know that this isn't, this isn't true for for your reunion or really kind of mine, but I mean, I think I experienced it, you know, throughout it um, in different bits and pieces, but there is rejection and it it just, it honestly, it breaks my heart. And so I know that even though maybe the, you know, the reunion between you and Jesse, there wasn't. She did not have to have that rejection. There are pieces within the reunion that sometimes are that type of feeling. You know, when things aren't quite focused the way you think they will be or they they just don't unravel like we're planning on it. And, you know, I think I'd be remiss to say that, you know, there's there's this fight or flight. Yes. There's this and, you know, Pam, there's, there's different levels of rejection too. You're right. right. I mean, I didn't reject her. I didn't reject reunion. But when you get into our specific reunion, yeah, there was all different forms of rejection that that we had to cross over and through. And actually, we're we're still moving through that. But um, no, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you it. I and I think that the more. You know, the more we talk about this, the more we're, you know, that we, the more stories we hear and, you know, the more that DNA is, is so, you know, um, is becoming fine-tuned, we really are going to see a lot, a lot more reunions, I think. And I really, really want, you know, all of us to have a place to go. And that is, is something that doesn't necessarily, you know, exist there are these tiny places and these tiny pockets and, you know, there are, there are uh, Facebook pages and things like that. And that's, that's amazing. And I think, you know, everyone kind of finds this place to go to. And I think we need that. We need this ability to share. And, you know, you and I have, you know, tried so hard to, you know, assemble something that we hope will be for everyone, you know, across the United States, not just Indiana, but that is is tailored, of course, for Indiana people specifically because of the law. But everything else beyond that is, is meant for everyone. And, Correct. Right. You know, I don't know if people are listening of, you know, what, if they know what we're talking about. But Indiana law was changed in March and will become into effect that adoptees will get their original birth certificates in um, July of 2018. And... It's a huge deal, and I think that 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 fight alone for us was, you know, something we wanted to give to our peeps in this state that, you know, hopefully, and I know with DNA again, these reunions are happening, but most of us really want that piece of paper, and, you know, Gene Strauss has that film, A Simple Piece of Paper, but it really, that it is a simple piece of paper but it is something that validates an adoptee and it validates the mother because both of us walk away from that and don't have anything, any real proof. And I think, you know, it was um, my friend Eileen that I think she had said she took something from the little bassinet in the hospital. 
so that she had proof. Mm-hmm. Because other than that, she had no proof that day even happened. And I think, oh, like that, like that, like sucks the life out of you. You feel it, like you know that she's all she's got is that. I think it said infant, whatever it was. You know, I can't even. I don't want to say the last name anyway, but you know, um, to have that, and then that is her only proof. I mean, it would almost be as if you had all this grief and this anger and everything that goes along with it, and no proof of it because you don't have the baby. There, there's no proof. And, I. Uh... You know. That's a good point too. I, what I did is because I didn't have anything either, and I wanted to mark that occasion. I took right. my maternity top and cut out a piece of material from it with some a couple of little other items and put them in a box. Right, right, right. I think that's something too that you know you and I really want people to be able to kind of piece together that that special time and don't forget it and and put it together and, you know, gather, do a journal, do something because we can talk to everybody all the time. We can talk to no one, but when we're kind of alone with our thoughts to be able to put that into words and be able to just have every little, you know, memory saved back that we can, it means, it means a ton to us and, and we want it and we need it. You know, um, it's really important. Anyway, so I wanted to talk a little bit, too, about, you know, um, we're going to do a conference. And I think that, you know, there there are tons of good conferences out there. And you and I really wanted to set the, the standard here in Indiana and get something started and also educate Indiana you know, adoptees and moms and social workers and anyone who basically is in the realm of this, but especially the people that are that are touched by the law, that the implementation will happen and that we should know, you know, kind of how things are going to go down. So, you know, that's soon to come, and, and I should have more information. Um, I was actually contacted, so, you know, we will get some details on that, and that is something I want, you know, hopefully – any Indiana adoptee that's listening to stay tuned to future shows so that we can, you know, help and to become, you know, part of this conference. And, um, and you know, I think too. you and I are kind of excited a little bit about it. And I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about it too, that, you know, kind of our thought process in doing it. Yes. And they, again, the, the conference is, is for moms too as well. Right. Uh, And we're hoping that through the incredible lineup that we have uh, of um, social workers and workshops and the entertainment, um, we're just totally excited about what's coming up. But this is for for all. This is for the adoptee to, to meet other adoptees and for us to be in an atmosphere that is warm and environment warm and safe and right. we can share our stories and right hate ourselves uh so yep. yeah the, the conference is scheduled for april of 2017 right right and i you know i think i think people are really going to be excited and i know that there are you know tons of people who've already expressed an interest in it and you know i think it is going to be 
really just one of those things that that actually brings people together and gives, like you said, the safe space. And we we really need that. I mean, adoptees and moms and, you know, this could be family members too because let's face it, when we go through these reunions, we don't go through them by ourselves. You know, this this is something that is experienced by, you know, husbands, boyfriends, children, you know, so it, it isn't just it isn't just us that experiences it. And spend a whole show on that topic. Right, right, exactly. Exactly. Because I think that, you know, um we do need to focus on ourselves and we do need to make ourselves well and give ourselves the best and the most important information and take it all in and read books and you know, do things that, that help us through this. Is there anything that you read, watched, you know, did during your reunion or that you've since read that that is important and, and really kind of helped you? Well, obviously, since I got involved in the adoption community, I started reading and watching anything I could get my hands on. Uh, but one book that, that I did find extremely helpful was um, – Hole in My Heart by Lorraine Dusky, who is a mom mm-hmm. who survived in the 60s, and she has her own blog. And um, she's written uh, other books as well. But I found that one, that, really, that one really touched my heart because there was a lot of similarities between her daughter and mine and um, some of the feelings that we both experienced. So I, I really did enjoy that one. I've also uh, read The Primal Wound, which right. I recommend that to all adoptees and, and right. moms as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's important, too, to really get both sides of the story. So when you're reading, of course, we want, you know, what occurs on our end of it. But it's so great to also read, uh, you know, things on the on the other side. And I think, um, you know, an, another book that uh, I think is, is really good, um, it's by Ann Fessler. It's uh, The Girls That Went Away. Mm-hmm. And she also has a, a film, A Girl Like Her. I think that's what it's called. And um, I've seen it. Of course, I've, it was a couple of years ago. But um, there are films out there. Um, you can go to our website. We have some of those up there. You know, and if anyone's listening and, and wants, you know, a reference or, you know, a, an idea or something to a movie or book, you know, feel free to – you know, email us. You can go to our website, which is org, and there's links to the show, there's links to, um, or there's names to books and, and movies, etc. There's information about the conference. You know, um, and that's what I hope we really can, you know, help and become for people and, and give them, you know, this go-to place. And as the law begins to, you know, get ready to change, that we kind of give everybody this place to go to. So, you know, I'm I'm excited about that, and I'm I'm glad that you know you and I have gotten a chance to, you know, really get this focused and and get things going, and and we're really moving in a in a major step. I mean, I think I think Indian adoptees are going to have a good place to go, and hopefully this will everyone across you know the United States. But again. As we usually do, it's winding down to the end of the show, and I just want to thank you so much for being on. And I want go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I said you're welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for taking the time and 
and telling your story. And everybody that's out there, please check us out. Go to IndianaAdoptionNetwork.org. You can email us. You can, um, you know, let us know your story. If there's any books that you think, you know, that we maybe haven't thought of or heard of, uh, feel free to let us know. And, um, you know, just remember that you're not alone in this and that you have friends out there, and we are here to help you anytime. So thanks again, Marcy, and everybody, blue skies and green lights. Until next time, thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye.